Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Good evening. It's a Monday again. We're back. We're back. We made it. We made it. We made it through another weekend. Hell yeah. Welcome everybody. Good weekend too. Yeah, super good weekend, even though that uh we about froze our patukas off in downtown Indy for about a five seven minute walk. <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks to the people that uh our guest hat is wearing too. Yep, right in their hometown. Downtown Indy was packed. Oh yeah. They're crazy. Crazy, crazy. Welcome to Just Got Off oh. Podcast. I'm Dano. That's Big John Steed over there. Did you, did you hear that, Wait, Dano? What? Did you hear that? Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my in the gosh. House. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Brandon Wimmer, 410 Wings Sprint Car Driver. John, carry on. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> Uh-oh. Man, how's it going? I haven't seen... Let's see. It's probably been about four or five years since I've been over in Ohio. It's going good. No complaints. Ready for winter to be over. Um, supposed to First race was supposed to be last weekend in Ohio, and it got canceled. So we're, we're hoping and praying this weekend the weather cooperates so we can get some laps in. Uh, get that addiction going with the fumes and the dirt and all that good stuff oh yeah oh yeah so where, where's your guys's so your first race is supposed to be at atomic then yeah it was supposed to be atomic last weekend uh with john schubert's car and it canceled obviously because it was snowing but yeah, that uh, was crazy <laughs> so just we're gonna give it a try again this weekend back at atomic forecast doesn't look great again but uh hopefully it changes by the time the weekend gets here yeah, it's always hit or miss this early. I remember when we first started out running that in TQs. The I, I'm crazy. I'm surprised they even schedule anything in March because, especially up here, because I mean I thought it was early for them to be scheduling stuff first or second week of April. Just you never know. You end up losing seventy five percent of your races in April because of rain anyway. So it's it's always a bummer. You actually just kind of set up for May <laughs> to be ready to go by then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know. I think I had some memories on social media pop up of two or three years ago, and I it, it was right we were racing, and it looked like it was sixty or seventy. So yeah. you did. You never know. Some years you get you'll by May you got ten races in. Some years you're getting your first race in the first of May. So it's you never know what's going to happen. But it did hit like sixty or seventy last week, and then I got up to let the dog out Saturday morning, and I was like what is this? <laughs> I looked outside <laughs> and there's snow everywhere. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. You we know how I, uh, steps back. you know how I judge what the weather's yeah. going to do throughout the seasons, like especially through winter. He's a golfer. He golfs in any weather. Don't let him yeah, kid you. That's true. But I, I, I've watched <laughs> the woolly worms for years. The little I don't brown, believe little in those fluffy. though. Yeah. I saw a bunch yep. of them this year that had a, had a black tail, a brown middle and a black head. And that usually represents snowfall and bitter temperatures when the worm is black, mild when it's brown. <laughs> so it kind of worked out pretty good this year. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so for uh, to start out here, yep, we ahead, uh, 
for our audio listeners, you're just going to have to miss out. I mean, we put a pretty cool slideshow together. Uh, Brandon's been racing sprint cars for 23 years. So he's been in quite a few different uh, machines, and we've actually put a slideshow together of some of them. Some of them, we couldn't find all of them. <laughs> but uh, we've got a slideshow put together going up on one of our, our TVs up there that anybody that's watching on YouTube or Facebook can follow, or Twitch too. Um, but So you're going to miss out on that, all you listeners. Should have joined us on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. But uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about some uh, plans you got coming up this year. I mean, how how many races you guys got on the schedule? How many how many different cars you plan on running? Yeah, I'm uh, gonna roughly thirty races. I'm gonna split time between the John Schubert car in Ohio and then the Dennis and Betty Gamey car out at Knoxville. Um, kind of works good for me because uh, I'm a part time racer and it helps, you know budget wise for the different teams it works where i can um race for both and kind of hit and miss and i we have a business at home here in indiana where you know i work during the summer 50 60 hours a week so right. i'm kind of just a weekend racer now but uh yeah but you did this full time can, though yeah it's yeah. 30 races when you work 50 60 hours a week a lot because uh you get off work and you just take off and head to wherever we're racing that weekend and uh race friday saturday sunday you're usually driving home and start the week over again monday so there's really no stopping and then uh, my daughter is eight kennedy she's into all the sports so she's always got something going on so <laughs> we don't we don't know what free time is we we can't sit still very long around here that, right that's about how guy. our five-year-old's getting. He's he's getting pretty heavy into baseball, and last year he dabbled in some soccer, and now he's talking about football. So he's he's getting to that age now to where he's pretty active and wanting to run around and do a bunch of stuff as well. So, yeah, yeah, that, that comes up quick. And like I said, we got a one-year-old around, running around the house. It keeps us pretty busy too. Yeah, so, and, uh, and that's what works good about both. Both my car owners are great to work with. They work with me and my schedule, and, I mean, there, there's, I might race 30 times, but there still might be a weekend or two that I'm off where I can go to my daughter's softball tournament or do something with my, I have a five-year-old son, Caden. He's not in the sports yet, but I can go do something with him or that, that type of stuff. I still, family's very important to me. So uh, I try to do as much as I can with them and it helps that they love going to the races. Uh, Caden's, he's the one that has the racetrack in the pits and has all the cars set up. So he's always asking when we get to go again, just, I don't even know if he really watches the races. He just wants to hang out in the pits and play in the dirt. So that's what I, that was um, my next question is, is, has it rubbed off yet? You know, cause I, when I first started dating my wife, um, Owen was three and I've actually got a picture up back here on the wall where he was actually at the track with us when I was still running the midget and he's got a shirt on it says my last name and number and stuff and um I, I've got some plans on I'd like to try and get him in a go-kart to run a little bit this year and now my one-year-old when Dana and I sit here and watch races she sits on my lap and she watches them and goes vroom vroom <laughs> so they're they're already getting bit by the bug I mean your kids are old enough that you know you started racing at a very young age too i mean is that something that they've kind of voiced that they would like to try and dabble um, in not really my daughter's been into sports a lot um like i said she does every sport so she's real athletic and likes that type of stuff she likes to go watch and 
she's my number one fan. She's the one sitting there screaming in the stands. My wife has some good videos that she posts on like Facebook and stuff of her yelling and cheering for me. And, um, she's the first one to come in the pits and ask what happened. If you know, (laughs) she's she's right there. She's my number one critic, but, uh, that's what I love about it. My family, like I said, my family's really close. Um, they're, that's my number one thing's family. So I love having them there with me. And, uh, my son, he's five. He's, I, He's not there. He's not ready, but I, we might he, try to get him some laps here. Next year. Yeah. If he's playing in the dirt, he's close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I started racing go-karts when I was six, ran those for several years around North central Indiana. Um, then jumped in mini sprints for a couple years. Uh, Camden, Peru, uh, Logan's different Sport, tracks. Probably. Logan sport. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's some and, of them. Northern and ones. then, uh, and then when I was 15, that's when I jumped into the sprint car. So that's all I've known. I'm 37 now. So there's some go so like? Perfect timing. What was that like going <laughs> yeah. from a mini sprint to a sprint car? That's a heck of a jump. Uh, yeah. Like we, it, it's hard to explain because it's been so long ago now that it's hard to remember. But um, when I was 15, we decided we were going to put our own family car together, 7TW, which had, um comes from my grandfather he owned cars on the world of outlaw tour for years so i mean i there's pictures of me when i'm one or two sitting in the seat of you know joe gertie greg hodnett jeff swindell their cars that my grandfather was an owner of so awesome. i grew up around it Very that's cool. all i've known and uh it just it's kind of the got a yard go-kart my fifth birthday made a lot of laps in that thing and i still have it today and uh really awesome. when we turned that's six great. six we started racing and i mean i really hasn't been my, very many weekends off since then so it's the when the summer or spring gets here that's that's what we do and it's what we've always done and we love it and um that's kind of why even though as life changes and you have a family and you have the business you got to run and that's what pays the bills but i still race every weekend somewhere I just I, I love it and that's part of my life and probably always will be whether you're actually yeah. in the car or racing to a, a prior commitment baseball game basketball game volleyball something <laughs> you just you're racing yeah. all the time man and that's kind of how i got to is you know family's pretty important to me and um i was kind of telling you earlier you know that uh we had my daughter so everything kind of got put on hold you know to get things ready for her and then we had the wedding last year so there was a lot of funds that were put over into that and we're a family-owned operation too so a lot of things got put on hold and and, but you know i still went and helped a lot of teams at the track you know i traveled with kt uh for a weekend or so and um helped justin lewis out and tyler kendall down at lawrenceburg and you know was helping other various drivers out still to get my fix you know and and i i kind of like helping people almost more than i do driving um i think i'd have more fun driving other people's stuff just because i don't have that stress you know every week of having to be up there and prep it you know i mean it's our shop's 45 minutes from us so it was one of those deals that you know like you're saying full-time family and you're working full-time it's it's very hard to boggle that time and make it work you know and there's other sacrifices that have to be made so that that's pretty cool though that you got a couple car owners that uh, that work with you and uh, still allow you to do something that you love for sure because i mean you're a very talented driver i know that 
John's had a lot of great luck with you and you've, you brought him a lot of success and happiness too. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that John came along in my life at a good time because I, 2014, I was with the hammers and kind of full-time racing still. And, um, and then my daughter was born that year. And that's kind of when you look at life a little different and say, Hey, I need to stay home and, take care of the business and pay the bills and right and still do but i still want to race i can't just quit it's in my blood so john came along said well just come and long story short trevor ramsey um worked for our family team when we had it and uh his uncle's roger who is neighbors with john shoebrooks so they called up 2005 was the last year of the family car 2006 i was kind of just uh, working at Bennick Enterprise and racing when I could, nothing real constant. And they called me up and said, Trevor says, why don't you come run my uncle Roger Ramsey's TQ? So I, they bring it up to Montpelier and I run it. And I think I remember some good that. Stories. There's some good stories about that that we joke around about that I, I said, I think I made 20 laps around Montpelier on two wheels because the car was so tight the whole night. Um <laughs> but I don't even remember how we finished, but it was just, it was a good time and I enjoyed it. And then it wasn't the next year. I knew John had cars. I really didn't know John at the time. And they kind of hooked me up with John and said, um, why don't you just come down and run the car at Atomic or it was Chillicothe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think um, when I first ran, it was Casey. Yeah. And Kate, it's had several <laughs> yeah, names, but yeah. Yeah. So it, um, so I went down and just started running for him off and on between other cars. And I got to where I was like, I don't want, I really, I've always traveled. I love going to different tracks. It's the challenge of it, of adjusting to different places. And at the time I was like, I really don't want to just run atomic every weekend. Right. So long story short, John puts a new car together and buys a new Kistler motor that was top notch. And, we started traveling a lot more across Ohio and it kind of worked with my schedule where if I didn't want to race that weekend or if I had something I needed to do, we took the weekend off or they did something else or they had somebody else drive it and just kind of snowballed into, um, to what it is today. And I think I'm on year six or seven with John, just kind of part-time when they run, when I, when I want to run, I can go run it and they've got a good group of guys um, that take care of it. I can just show up and drive it. And uh, it was worked pretty good. We've won a lot of races, Southern Ohio, across Ohio. And uh, I've just really enjoyed my time driving for him. Yeah. And that probably tickles him to death. And um, I think we might actually just go ahead and jump over to this segment and we can come back and kind of ask you the questions that we had for you. And then um, I got some questions that the fans asked us. Um, we, we've touched pretty hard on this John Shoebrooks and um, – this 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 segment we will, I kind of wanted to honor to him. It's called the common denominator, just because I've got a real big pass with him too. Um, you had mentioned that you had talked to uh, Trevor, and at the time, also backtrack when I was just a little kid. Uh, my uncle was working for to help um, uh, Larry Martz out, which was Tate's dad. Um, they had a full midget that Tony Stewart and Tony Elliott and uh, Jay Drake and 
um, Donnie Beachler, just uh, a lot, a lot of really well-known guys were racing that, and they were running at 16th Street Speedway in Indianapolis. And um, I actually lived across the street from Larry when I was a little kid. And then uh, Tate got old enough, and he was racing the TQs and traveling with the Ford Focus midgets and stuff. And my uncle continued to help and travel and help out with Tate. Um, so that's kind of how I got my fix in racing. Um, we didn't really have the funds when I was younger to get into it at an early age. Um, I just used to uh, go over to Rushville to Fairgrounds track every year. Every once in a while, I'd go to Shelville, Greensburg. Didn't travel around a whole lot, but uh, I'd pick up the tear offs and hook the big parts on my ear. And our house would kind of run like you could run full circle. And I don't know how many belts I ruined on my mom's sweeper because I just ripped them damn things off <laughs> running around the house, and she'd find them. And but um, but no, there was one year I was twelve or thirteen, and my uncle and I were there helping Tate and Larry out, and Tate was running Roger Ramsey's car at the time, and John was there, and he was parked beside Roger, but he was kind of kind of by himself. I mean, they were kind of helping him when they could, and uh. You know, things get chaotic in a race night. But um, my uncle and I just kind of jumped over and was helping John out. And it was a Friday, Saturday night show. And um, he appreciated it and asked if we'd be back the next night. We're like, yeah, of course. So we showed up on Saturday and helped him out on Saturday as well. And after that, we kind of exchanged numbers. And kind of the rest is history from there. I mean, he would pick me up um, in the old Astro van. He was still toting the TQ around with that thing. He'd drive over from Ohio to all these Indiana tracks. And uh, he'd pick me up from school. I mean, if it was a Friday race at Bloomington or Gas City, he'd show up and have it parked in front of my school, and I'd just walk right out, get in the van, and we'd go to wherever we were going, you know. So, um, But I traveled with him for about three years, uh, helped him out, told him that I've always wanted a race, and one year he turned everything over. And this this is a contract, you know. I'll be the car owner. You take everything I have, TQ. You guys maintain it, run it, fix what you break. He said, if you if you destroy the thing one night, he said it's not a big deal. Said contract's over. You just give me everything back as is, and that's it. You won't owe us anything. And um, so we ran for him for a couple years. And he always kind of pitched in sponsorship money to help out and stuff. And uh, we had a sponsorship dinner every year. And this is how nice of a guy John is. Um, that second year, he uh, he was like, I, I want to sell you guys the car. You know, you, you guys have done a great job. He goes, I want you guys to take it over. You know, this is your guys' car now. But he said, because of the contract, he said, I have to have a dollar amount on there to sell it. So he said, I'm just going to sell it to you for one dollar. Okay, so we show up at my house before this uh, banquet dinner. And we give him the dollar and we sign the paperwork and stuff. He, his wife's with him and, you know, everything's all good. We leave, go to this banquet, and uh, his wife goes ahead and kind of walks in ahead of us. And he stops me and my uncle and my dad outside and he hands us an envelope. He said, my wife don't need to know anything about this. He said, this, <laughs> this, is, be, this is between us. This is your guys' sponsorship money for next year. He said, don't open this until everybody's gone today. Said, okay, okay. So banquet happens, everything's over, everything's kind of, you know, going away. And um, we open the envelope up at the end of the day, and we're kind of looking at it. And he put a $1,000 check in there for a sponsorship for the year and that $1 bill. He put that dollar bill back in that envelope. So 
it was just like, man, like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's always went above and beyond, you know, to help us out and just, and I've noticed that he's gave many of other oppor, uh, opportunities to people that, you know, may not have ever gotten to a sprint car. I mean, he, well, even once he got the sprint car, you know, he turned me loose in it non-wing. I think there's only been a couple guys that's run him non-wing. He's, he's usually kept the wing on him pretty, pretty hard for all of his cars that he's had, but yeah, what a guy. I mean, I, I've, that's probably been the most fun person I've ever drove for. Yeah, and that's – I've drove for a lot of car owners over the years, and um, I, I, it's hard to say I haven't had more fun with anybody else than John because you're just there to have fun. And obviously you want we want to win, and I get down when I don't. And, I, you know, when I go to Ohio, I think I know I can win, and when we don't, I don't always have the best attitude after, but he's the first one to come up and say, good job. He goes, it don't matter how we finish the car rolls on the trailer. We can, we can race another day. And, um, he said, he's just, he's not afraid to spend the money where it needs to be spent to make the race car go fast. And, um, I mean, he's kept me going the last five or six years. If it wasn't for him, I don't know that I'd still be racing today just because going back to the work schedule where, a lot of teams when they they want you to commit they want you to commit to a series or a you know a points fund here or there and with our business agricultural based that was where I was kind of stuck because I told him from the beginning I said once harvest starts in the fall I can't I have to quit I have to stay home and work and he's right. never said anything about it he goes you just tell us when you want to come race and we'll have it ready and a uh, great group of guys Scott Cool. Roger Ramsey, we call him team manager. He keeps us all in line and organized. And then Trevor Ramsey still helps. Um, he's been I've been friends with him for over 20 years from when he came and helped us on our our family sprint car team. So it's just like a close family over there. And um I enjoy going and racing for him when I can and uh look forward to going again this year. Like I said, I split time between him and the Knoxville car. I, I've made the Knoxville Nationals once, so I'm, that's kind of my goal is I want to make it again. So, And Dennis uh, Ganey has gave me a great shot to do that this year, so that's kind of why I'm splitting the time between both of them. I'll be out in Knoxville a lot, but uh, but going back to John, he's whenever I've said, I think this will make us better or faster, it's usually there the next week at the racetrack. So yeah, um, he's, he's not he's afraid to do like what that. makes – yeah. Yeah, I know uh... – my first feature win that I ever got, my only feature win actually, uh, was in his TQ. Um, I was 15. I wasn't even allowed to be driving in Indiana at the time. He was, he we raced on a Friday night at Gas City, and he flipped hard, like <laughs> real hard. I mean, it it broke all kinds of shit on that car, and he felt so bad because the next night we were supposed to drive over to Macomb, Illinois, and uh, race over there in the IMRA series, and um, Terry Goff, uh, 16-time TQ champion, he came over and uh, he gave us a piece of paper and he said, there's a hotel here in Greenfield. He said, I want you to stay at this address. He said, this address is for Randy Literal's shop. He said, I've already got a whole list of parts. He's going to be there and he's going to have everything set out. He said, this is my address. He said, you go pick up them parts at that address. And he said, you come here at this address. It's mine. It's 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. 
He said, we'll get you going down the road. So we did. We showed up, and they got the car back together. John paid for all that stuff. We made the haul. He had a yellow TQ. Kind of, well, it's up there in that picture. You can see it right there. But um, <clears throat> we made the haul all the way over to Macomb, and one with a black tail tank on there. It was an ugly-looking car that <laughs> night, but we ended up winning that night with no brakes. We ran out of brakes with, like, eight laps to go. <laughs> Sometimes the prettiest race cars are not the winners. No, yeah, yeah. But he was he was tickled to death. It was it was a fun experience. <laughs> yeah, that's like a going back to what I I mean. This is my twenty third year in a sprint car, and I've done World of Outlaw Tour. I've done All Star Tour. Go for a lot of great car owners, but I can't say I've had more fun with anybody else except for John and his group of guys because they're just there to have. I mean, obviously we're there to win, but they're there to have fun and have a good time and. You don't have the pressure of you have to perform or else it's let's go do the best we can have fun and see if we can't win while we're at it so yeah. that's i've really enjoyed that the last few years and like you said having the family now it changes the way you look at things in life and um it's been a good fit for me over the last several years he's he's always had that mentality too i can't tell you how many times when we did weekend trips where I mean, he was always laid back. He'd he'd go through a glass or like a whole bottle of wine a night in the hotel room, and you know <laughs> we'd we'd go eat good food. I mean, he 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 didn't care. I mean, he wasn't there. To, you know, some of these teams they'll travel up and down on the roads on McDonald's and stuff, and you know stay in cheap hotels. You you got cockroaches as your <laughs> as your uh, little bunk mate, you know. But John John is always one of those that he's he's one of the best of the best and he wanted to be the best and you know like you said he don't he don't mind to spend money to if it's if it's right if if it's if it's done right he gets good results from it he'll keep doing it you know so yeah but uh awesome man well um i think we'll jump over dano you want to ask him some questions too we've kind of <laughs> he kind of left oh, you you're, quiet no, here you're fine i'm i'm, I'm over <laughs> here watching the meters bounce it's it's awesome but um, you, you talked about winning. Uh, one of my questions I had for you is, what is your most memorable win of your whole career? Um, it'd probably be the Dirt Cup out of Skagit in Washington. Um, we're driving for Roth Motorsports, an 83 junior car. It's the biggest dollar amount, too. I think this was 2007 or so. Um, it was... It was twenty five thousand to win. I got the good old Happy Gilmore check up in my shop. I always joke around. I, I don't care about the trophies and all that. I just want the Happy <laughs> Gilmore check to hang on the wall at the shop. So, but um, I've been like I said, I've been very blessed. I've, I mean, I've been lived all over the United States. I've been to Australia. Been to New Zealand, Canada. I've raced. Awesome. I've had the opportunity to race everywhere. The World of Outlaw Tour, the All Star Tour, um. I've got to see a lot of amazing places, meet a lot, meet a lot of amazing people. So it's, it's, it's a racing family. I mean, if you're part of it, you understand. It's you might not see somebody for ten years, but when you see them at the racetrack again, yeah. it's like you never missed a beat. So it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty special. And like I said it's, it's in my blood. I mean, my grandfather owned cars from a little kid. I've always been around it. I've been all over racing. Been very fortunate. Uh, got the start in the family car. I think we ran the fam the seven TW about five years. Um, and then after that, since then, I've just drove for car owners. So say the last eighteen years, I've just went out and 
um, made the connections and had good enough results to be able to get in different people's cars across the United States and race. So I've been very fortunate and uh, very blessed to have all the opportunities I've had. So um, how, how tough is love- that? How tough is that outlaw schedule? I mean, I know I work for Andretti's as our chief mechanic through the 2016 season and then half of the 2017. Um, I think in 2016, we had like 60 to 70 races on the schedule. Um, you know, a lot of that was local. We did uh, we did the Florida and the Eastern Storm and the Sprint Week. But a lot of the stuff was kind of local, like Florida, Indiana, Michigan, stuff like that. Um, so a lot of that was just Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, you know, how, how demanding, I mean, for me as a crew guy, it was, it's, it's physical and drivers have a lot of physical demands too, but a lot of people don't think about the mentality that you have to bring every night with the outlaws. I mean, sometimes you guys are running on Monday and Tuesdays on an 80, 90, you know, race schedule. So how, how hard was them to, uh, cause you ran two tours in a row, correct with them? Uh, uh we ran I think 80% one year. I was still in school, high school. So oh, wow. we ran almost the full season. In 2005, we actually ran the full season. Um, but yeah, it's my situation a little different because it was a family car. Like I was out there working on it too. I was part of the crew, I guess you could say. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's the up and down part of the road is it's tough. I mean, you live in a hotel out of your suitcase. Uh, there's times you don't get back to the shop for a month. So, you know, you're gone. You have everything in the trailer you need. Um, but if you tear stuff up, it, you know, you're up all night. If you got to race the next night, you're up all night getting that other car ready to go to race the next night. And that goes to the mental side. Men- for a driver, the mental deal is the hardest part of it all is to have a bad night tonight and go tomorrow and act like it never happened and just start over. And um, it's a character builder, that's for sure. Uh, you, you learn. I learned things I don't think I could learn anywhere else in the world by being a race car driver and having your own team. Cause you see the financial side, you see what you're spending, you know, what you got part wise, motor wise, um, you're out there working on it, which that's one thing my grandfather always pushed was you're going to know how to work on these and how to do all the maintenance and how to build a car if you're going to be out there driving it. So, and I'm yeah. thankful cause that to, to that day I can do all that and I can help set the car up or, if I have a crew chief, I can tell a crew chief what I feel and what I think I need out of the car or what I think we should do. Um, so that's helped me over my career, but it's a, a mental side is the hard part. Cause you just, it's a grind. I mean, it's just nonstop and there's, I don't know how the crew guys do it. I mean, the pay for what the pay is and the hours you put in, it's, you just, you just have to love it because it's um, yeah. seven days a week, sun up to sun. Well, not even sun up, sun down. It's twenty four seven. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's tough. It's a grind, but it's also awesome because you're at different track all over the United States. You meet different people everywhere, and um, I wouldn't change it for anything. I mean, I'm fortunate to have had the opportunities I've had to to do all that and to be all over. Met some great people, um, car owners, crew members, fans, everything. So it's it's some memories I'll carry with me the rest of my life. And um, hopefully I can pass this on to my family as I, you know, as I get older. So we'll, uh, um, but I'm, I still want to race as long as I can, as long as I have the opportunity, like I said, I've drove for car owners for the last 18 years. And it's just all about, you know, networking, talking to people, becoming friends with people and 
if the results are there, they're somebody, there's usually somewhere you can go and race. So it's, I've been, I'm been very lucky and I'm very fortunate. I'm still racing today. And, and it goes back to, you know, being like you said, a team owner, a car owner, working on your own shit and having to fix it if stuff breaks. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that, you know, comes to my mind when I see the results that you have, and this is, I guess, just a car owner mentality of me is you don't tear a lot of shit up. I mean, you, you run really consistent. And I mean, even if you guys don't have spectacular finishes and you end up like seventh or eighth, you're not, you're not at the bottom of the board very often, you know, and if you do, it's usually yeah. stuff that you don't, you don't have any control over, yeah. you know, it's not because you're out there making careless decisions and putting you guys in a, in a, in a pretty tight pickle. So I think that's one major plus that car owners look at is, you know, s- some of them want you to, you know, have the wreckers or checkers mentality, but the people that want to stay in this for a long time, understand that you have to keep, cars together and you know finish seventh instead of 20th on some of these races to get to the next race well that's if you ask my grandpa he'd probably say different because that's where i'm that's where i'm lucky that i was in the family car first because those first (laughs) few years we pour a lot of stuff up yeah dave darlin you know is one of the best and sure he wrecked a lot of shit when he first started too i mean that's, that's just part of it i mean you i mean i know i did too you know in the tq and it's just it's one of those things where you got to find that edge. You, you got to, you got to learn. Well, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, take, it takes, it took a good five, six, seven years to find that, to find where the limit is. And like you said, you tear a lot of stuff up, but again, like this is my 23rd year. So I've, there isn't a whole lot I haven't seen. Um, I think the biggest part is, is just now that I'm part-time is I'm not out there doing it as much. So it's hard to keep that rhythm going. And that yeah, consistency, but yeah. the seat time, but it's, but still being out there most weekends, I'm, we can be pretty c- competitive wherever we do show up. Evolution wise, how much has changed on these cars in the past 23 years? That's, that's, oh, that's that been hardest much, for you to adjust. That's, I guess shocks are probably the biggest. The shocks are the biggest. Yeah. I mean, you used to be a standard oil shock where you just, whatever it was, two, is what you put yeah. on. And now, now it's the uh, double adjustables everything's adjustable and you got to know your numbers and where you want it to be and that's one thing coming up with these new tires that we have this year mm-hmm. is it's going to throw everybody for a loop you know you're there's not going to you're not going to have a base set up until you figure out what it is so um that's where we're going to kind of be behind here at the beginning of the year because the outlaws started on them this past weekend so and now you're talking you know, about the tires that's got the holes in them yeah, the new Hoosier tires, they're a different, yeah. completely different um, so a deep tire than what we've tire, had. Think, so it's going to be, yeah, finding the new normal is going to, it's going to take some time. And obviously the outlaws and those guys are going to have some, a lot more laps to figure, figure out where they need to be, where we're going to be a little behind. But right. I'm hoping we can get it figured out pretty fast and get caught up and get going once the season starts. Here's a little fun fact too. Uh, those holes in the tire. So when I was working for Andretti's, when I first started working for them, they were on the beast cars for Bob East and Bob was actually helping out quite a bit, um, and doing the setups and stuff. That was actually one of his ideas. I don't know. I don't know if he shared that to Hoosier or if Hoosier, I, I don't know how that developed over in these last few years, but Bob actually came to our shop and he said, 
what if we drill holes? They've already got little holes here. So they, I, I shit you not, they set me up with a DeWalt drill with a drill bit, <laughs> and then they put a stop. They made a stop that you had a little set screw to lock so you can only go so deep. And yep. then he, he came in with a piece of paper that had a printout of like all the squares and stuff <laughs> on a tire wow. and had dots on where he wanted holes. And I drilled the shit out of these tires. Like, I bet you I probably drilled three or four tires. And then we went and tested them. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think I think the wear looks good. So not only was I grooving and siping and doing all this to all these new tires, he had me drilling holes in these damn things, too. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and, I mean, with Andretti's, we would buy tires to last us for, you know, a third of a season. And we would mount – I mean, we'd spend a whole week. We'd mount everything up on all the wheels we had, measure them, see what they pressured up to and how they measured up. And then be like, okay, well, that would probably be a hot lap tire. Or that would be a heat race. So this would be a feature. And then that would tell us how we needed to groove them. And I can't tell you how many tires I drilled holes in. So whenever they came out with this design, I'm like, man, I was doing that with a DeWalt drill. <laughs> Back in 2016, I spent hours doing this. And they put a mold together, and they do it in half the time I do. <laughs> yeah, we just um, – I just got some this week for the – team out at knoxville so it's the first time i've seen them and um yeah i don't until we get some laps it's it's hard to say what they're really going to do but it's definitely going to throw a wrench and everything because they're you know the last we've been on the same tire the last couple of years so you you know april comes and you know okay this is where we're going to start so now right. it's gonna it's, we're gonna it's start where those. we used to and hope it works yeah yeah <laughs> i hope it's one of those that doesn't let out too much heat and then start sealing tires and stuff you know like you get a big long green flag run and then everything cools off during caution and then seals over and then everybody's just skating because they just ain't yeah. got nothing yeah that's, that's the biggest thing with tires is just, i mean it's one of those things that it's kind of i know the prices and stuff have went up but everybody knows the quality of tire you're getting you know, and it's to change something like this that could potentially make it worse than what it already is cost effective wise is it's a risky move, but you know, if it works great, it, I it, mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to deal, play with the cards you dealt, man. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, go ahead, Dana. So, um, do you think that tire is going to be, make the competition better across all fronts? You know, like guys that are uh, mid-pack, do you think that they're going to have a better chance just because of the tire? Or do you think, like, because the World of Outlaws started last weekend that those big-funded teams are just going to just take off with it? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say until we actually get some laps on them what, how much it's going to change or what it's going to change. It's, um, I know they'll have an advantage because when they show up, you know, to a local track in Ohio or to Knoxville, they're going to have, say, 10 races before, you know, before we get any laps at either track. So they're going to kind of know where they need to be, where it might take us a race or two to figure out where we want to need to be. So it's it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't really know. I haven't talked to anybody yet since this past weekend, which was the first weekend on it. So I don't really have any any details from anybody on what they thought. So. And I don't it, think it could be we, too bad because, I mean, everything that happens in the world stays on Twitter. So, <laughs> And I haven't seen yeah. anybody posting pictures of blistered no, tires I mean, or anything like that from the races. Big, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. It's just going to be – it's gonna, when you get 
in your comfortable place, it's always hard to make a change. So Nobody it's going to be change. hard. Get, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard getting that, figuring out where you need to be now, just the same as it was when we went to the good years and back to the Hoosiers you had to find that base setup again. And that's kind of where we're at now. So, I mean, it's not like it's the first time it's ever happened and it probably won't be the last. I I had a uh, non-wing guy I won't name drop on here, but when we first uh, switched to the DRCs, he kind of helped us out there at Andretti's quite a bit on kind of getting, you know, uh, accustomed to those types of chassis and the flex and what the car is like. And we were kind of asking him stagger, you know, like, you know, what they kind of like for those. And he's like, I don't measure stagger, dude. <laughs> he said a 94 is a 94, 96 narrow is a 96 narrow. <laughs> and we're like, really? And he goes, yeah, I just, I, I know that I either want a 94, 96 narrow, a 96W, whatever. He said, just throw it on. And we're like, you really don't measure stagger? And he said, you find somebody that can stand on that damn car and measure the stagger while I'm ripping 8,400 RPMs. And he said, then I might give a shit. But he said, them tires are doing so much stuff when you're, yeah you know, that are that hot and changing, he goes, you know, a lot of it's all your foot. He said, you can't just solely rely on Hoosier to hit their chalk marks for you. You just kind of got, got to get in the ballpark and the rest is in your hands. (laughs) Yeah. And he, he was pretty successful. So, I mean, I, 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 we weren't doubting him, you know, (laughs) uh, What is probably the most misconstrued or misunderstood thing that you think someone would have about dirt dirt track racing, sprint cars in general? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say because I only know sprint car racing. I really don't know the outside stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say the biggest deal is how much work and how professional, I mean, it, you, it ran like a business. I mean, which it has to be because the amount of money you're spending, no matter if you're a local team or if you're a world of outlaw team, you're spending a lot of money. So when it comes to the, it's ran like a business, the financial side, the, we need to spend money here to make it better or to improve. We don't maybe not spend money here right now. Cause it might not help us as much. Um, and then just the sponsorship trying to, even if it's your local, your local store, or if you're trying to go after a national brand, the sponsorship side and sponsors mean so much anymore just because of the cost of everything. So it's, I guess, when I've talked to people I didn't know and told them that I race sprint cars, and you know, they just think, oh, that's grassroots, hillbillies, rednecks out racing, <laughs> where it's actually, I mean, every team, no matter big or small, runs it professionally and runs it like a business. And there's a lot more to it that you don't see if you just show up to the racetrack between the hours put in in the shop during the week to the travel to if it's your buddy that comes and helps you every Saturday or if it's somebody that's paid to come work on the car every weekend. There's there's a lot of little details that you don't see if you've never been on that side. So it's it, there's so much to it. It's not when everybody sees you show up and said, Oh, look, this driver's here. This driver showed up here. It's there's so much to it that you don't see if you've never been on that side before. So it's, it all goes back. There's it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, like I said between racing, working all week and then racing on the weekends and you turn around and before you know it, you're starting over and it's Monday again. So it's, it just, it's a, it's a cycle that never stops. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's crazy how many people like will come, like come to a race and they think that, 
you literally just unloaded that car from last week and you just all you did is just hit it with some windex and a, and a rag and pushed it off you know like i don't think they realize the maintenance program that goes into it and i mean even at the track you know all the stuff that you got to do to prepare for a race night either yeah, John and, and just I working talked in about the heat, on... you know, you're, you're playing the elements too, so. <laughs> yeah, John and I talked about yeah, this on episode around... one. What's that? Yeah, we always, we always joke around about the 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 heat in the in our trailer with John. We turn the fan on to turn the AC on out there, so it's, yeah, it's, it's the open still trailer. The, he's still got the open trailer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still pulled by the Astro van with the aluminum open flatbed trailer. So, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and leak one of the fan comments, and it uh, it comes from your buddy Trevor Ramsey. When are you going to ride in the van? <laughs> I followed that van down the road enough in my own car to say I will never drive that van. I mean, why? It, it's once it's it gets to bad. about fifty five, it's scary to watch from behind. <laughs> that's, that's because it it's John's foot. That's because it's John's yeah. foot. But. It's not well, yeah, and I, I don't I haven't traveled with it enough with a sprint car to know, but I've I've got a lot of miles riding and sleeping in that van with the TQ stuff, you know, traveling with him for those three years and going over to Illinois. And man, that is an infamous van. I mean Oh yeah, it's, it's got it's I would have never guessed, you know, back in like 2007, six, seven, when he first started coming over here, that he would still have that thing. Like we, even, I think even my parents and I were talked about it, like when he got the sprint car stuff and then he had like, at one time he had four sprint cars and <laughs> I was like, man, he's going to have to get a truck and a bigger trailer and. Like he, he always made it work. If he had two cars at the track, somebody else would just pull the other one. He still had I mean, the open he, trailer. He's had t-shirts, man. You wouldn't believe how many t-shirts we've sold. Cause right on the front's the van with the trailer and the car on it and all that. And yeah, I, mean, I still got to get bring, one of those. It does. I, it brings a lot of attention. I mean, it, it's like the old school where you can see you wouldn't be the amount of people that come up and talk about that. Yeah. It's cool. in that side of it, but then the other side is you can't carry. It's why we don't travel much with it because you can't carry what you need to go yeah. up and down the road. I mean, there's, you've there's got no way that I would ever travel with an open trailer now. You know. Yeah, but, you never know if it's going to be there when you wake up the next right. <laughs> next morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's man with especially the money that's in a sprint car. That's that's crazy. But yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's it's. I think the cool thing about riding to the van, besides the history of it is it is pulling an open trailer and like when you pass a car that's got kids and stuff in it or people that aren't familiar with what that is it really draws attention and it is so awesome to like look over at the reaction on some of the people's faces they're just like what is that who's in that thing who's in that van (laughs) it it draws all kinds of attention because people want to know they're definitely definitely not brandon wimmer in that van you get some of those guys that yeah yeah we got to get brandon wimmer in a van that's that's what yeah, Trevor yeah, said. If you, if you uh, next time you talk to Trevor, Roger, John, and ask him about going across the bridge across the uh, the river to go to Lawrenceburg, that's enough to tell me I'll never drive in it <laughs> or drive the van. <laughs> I think that thing's got I like six hundred and fifty thousand miles or something on it now. Yeah, I've lost track. It's got a lot. Yeah, and I I think it's still the original motor. I think he's had to have the transmission rebuilt in it, which is no shocker (laughs) with what he's doing to that poor thing. But I think it's got 
like over 650,000 miles on it now, which is incredible. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's there's that's a fun little deal too. So, um I guess I mean one of the questions I had is already covered here, but um you know, if you could go back and get a phone charger here. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh if you could uh go back i mean you said that you were still in school when you were still doing the word of outlaw stuff you know if you could go back and give yourself your 16 year old self any advice on um i guess anything i mean it doesn't matter if it's racing or the family stuff you know what what would it be i think the biggest thing would be just to don't take anything for granted i mean you're like you said the looking back on it i wish there was things i would have you know say when we were out west i wish i would have let's take let's take half a day and go see this or take half a day and go do this it's yeah you know when i was 19 and 20 and on the road it was all i cared about was i wanted to race and wanted to win races and do what i could to do that looking back on it now that i don't travel as much i just wish there's so many amazing things out there to do and scene. see i wish i would have took more time to do that i mean i did do a lot but i wish i would have took more time because it's um you just take things for granted really easy when you have everything you know everything's good you have everything you think you want um when you don't have that anymore you look at things differently so it's it it's, hard, it's hard at, with that mentality too because like you said i mean we were discussing it it's you're busy i mean you're busy all the time and your mind's not always thinking about all that. I mean, you're it, when you're on the road driving for somebody, you, you're all you're thinking about is results. You know, you got to do yeah. good in order to stay in that car. And especially if that's a dream that you're chasing, like it's, it is priority instead of going to a museum or going to catch a movie or, you know, stuff, stuff like that. It, it's hard to balance that. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, when when that's when that's how you're making your money, like it's it's hard to shut everything else, yeah. shut that down and focus on other things. Yes, yeah, so, I mean that's yeah. I mean you're like you said, you're so focused on one thing that you don't look at all the big picture. And I, if by going back at it, I would have took when I had opportunities to go do this or that, I would have took them because you they might not come again. So it's right. um. Like I said, I've been very lucky, very blessed to do what I've been able to do. And um, it you t- it takes a lot away. I mean, you take time away from your family. You take time away from everything to go do it because you're on the road full time. I mean, you're, you're home for there a couple of years. I went to Australia and New Zealand. I think I might have been home a month out of the whole year because I would race. And then I'd fly. Crazy fly to australia and race there for a month or so and then come back and when you get back it's time to go to florida so it's everything happens so fast you don't think about it at the time so it's and looking back now um, uh, i did some amazing things and have done still have done amazing things because of my racing career and um like you said it's just it's it's it gets in your blood and you don't it's all you want to do um and that's why i still race part-time is because i just i love it so much that i'm very competitive the competitiveness of going out and trying to win and get what you can the best out of the car and beat your competitors every night is something i 
I thrive to do and it keeps me going. It makes me look forward to the weekend and, um, and race season altogether. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool that you're that down to earth. Cause there's a lot of racers that have the same, the same competitive nature, but they're, they're very like selfish about it. I mean, like you're, you're very humble and you, you know, you're very understanding of what you've done and thankful for all that. And some, some racers and, you know, I, I can't judge their mentality, but some of them are just, they're never satisfied that there's always, there's always another step, you know, and, you know, it's, it's one of those that yeah. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. They never sleep and they just, they just keep on just, they stress themselves out, you know, and they push <laughs> themselves to the point yeah. to where, like you said earlier, you know, you, you end up having a lot of regrets because you don't take the time to sit down and realize what you've accomplished, you know, and think back where you came from and that you, you had that family car that you started out in and have that work ethic. You know, there's a lot of people that, that forget about that, you know, they get caught up in it and then before they know it, it's too late, you know? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's easy to do. And I think that's part of the coming back to having a family and coming back to work for the family business is you realize how hard it is to make that dollar. I mean, no matter what it is you do in life, it's you work your butt off to make whatever you make an hour. And then you see how fast you can spend it on a race car. (laughs) <laughs> makes you appreciate makes you appreciate all those dollars those car owners spent for you or my family or all the car owners I've drove for. It makes you appreciate that a lot more on all them their hard earned money that they spent to let you go play in their race car. So it's yeah, um, and now and now your daughter because I seen you post the other day that you've got her in like an indoor facility for uh, I'm assuming softball. I've I've got my five year old yeah. and kind of the same thing. We got one around here and he's been doing that every Monday night. And he'll spend half hour, 45 minutes there training, you know, learning, man, baseball is expensive. These bats, yeah. like to go out there and play, isn't, but like the ball bats and the mitts, heck, <laughs> I, like the mitts, they're almost a hundred bucks. The bats, some of them baseball bats are like, I mean, I, I'm not getting even anything that expensive this young until I know he's extremely passionate, but there's some of them ball bats out there, $400. It's like, holy yeah, cow. I mean, it's, it, <laughs> It don't matter what you do. I mean, like you said, if it's racing or your kids playing, you're going to spend money to help, to help them get better if that's something they want to do. And that's, she's, she loves softball. She loves it. And, um, through some friends, we've seen these where she goes to some practices and get more batting practice and this and that. And if it, if she's willing to put in the work, I'll do what I can to help her and that's what Get i told him training and stuff so it's yep. and that's what i told him it, as long as he works as hard as he does when he's there i have no problem to keep bringing him you know as long as he's yeah. passionate about it and he works hard you know i'll, I'll keep buying him the mitts i'll keep buying him the expensive <laughs> ball bats you know whatever whatever it is as long as he's as he's focused and keeps growing and improving let's go yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. i've always I, said that uh I, I have the i have the most like 4g expensive hobbies Golf, guns, guitars, and stuff that goes fast. <laughs> you know, even yeah. from a spectator yeah, like, standpoint, you know, it's like it's 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 expensive for me and the old lady to go to races and see guys like you, but it's not near as expensive as what you guys spend. You know, I'm not even monetarily, just the time. You know, time time is money. You know, time away from your family, like you said, you were home like a month out of the whole season. Like that's just time away from you know things that make you 
relax and things that make you take your mind off of racing. You know, like I can't imagine me not being in this house, but for a month, you know, so coming from a spectator yeah, I mean, point, that, I appreciate everything that you guys do on and off the track. Yeah. And at, at the same point, I mean, if it, yeah, we spend all them or our owners, whoever spends all the money and we spend all the time to go do it. But if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have racing right. in the first place. So it's, it goes back to that racing community and that racing family. It doesn't matter what side of the family you're on. We're all family. And, um, and that's what I love about it is that you see somebody in need, either they're sick or a family member, or they're going through tough times. That racing community is always there to pick you up or to help mm-hmm. you out if they can. And that's awesome. That's something special that you don't get everywhere. So. Right. Now we were talking about the costs and stuff. Um, so I've got a fan question uh, comes from Dustin Cooper and you know, he, he's pretty familiar. He's one of my buddies. He's pretty familiar with the racing, but you know, he was trying to throw a question out there that some fans just don't think about. Um, and his question is what would you add at like estimate would be a total cost to go racing a sprint car for one night? I mean, that's, that's tires, fuel in the truck, fuel in the car, um, Do you have just, everything or yeah, kind of, so basically you take your motor rebuild and then divide that up, you know, just kind of, kind of break it down just to go race one night, pit passes, food, everything. I mean, there's a lot of variables, but even, I mean, just to go do Ohio or, you know, a local show, you're going to spend, you're going to have a couple tires, fuel pit passes. You're going to be two to three grand. In one night of racing, and that's after you have that. everything. Or a car. If you go to an if you go to yeah, if you go to a World of Outlaws show, you're going to spend four or five grand because you're going to have to use more tires to keep up. You're gonna it's going to cost you more, you know, to enter pit passes and all that. I mean, when we go, when we try to go after sponsors or you know to try to get somebody to help you or to somebody to sponsor a race, you're looking at two to three thousand for one night and that's just to get you by after you have everything so i mean when you for the cost of motors now if you wanted to build a car that's ready to go out on the track not any spares anything else you're you know, you're looking at 80 to 90 grand if you buy a new motor and you Isn't buy all crazy? new stuff so it's that's insane yeah i Cause, mean because i remember obviously what, like, you can here... do it cheaper like yeah yeah i remember here about 10 years ago kind of like one of the top notch motors you know you could be around 50 or 60 but yeah here in the last decade the costs and stuff is just they've they found technology and stuff with the cnc you know ported heads and um you need the custom dome pistons and I, i mean there's so many variables all the lightweight stuff i mean it adds up quick real quick and it goes back to what you were talking about earlier what's changed the most is shocks and motors i mean they're you could you can buy a 60 65 thousand dollar motor but it might not run as good as the other guy you it know beside you in the pistol. It, yeah <laughs> and that's just because they have a different cam or they have different compression there's different heads different injection i mean at all the package is what matters and that's what makes it hard to go run with the outlaws like on a half mile because they run half miles all the time they've got it figured out their motor's gonna when they show up they're on the edge of burning it up or blowing it up but they have extras and they can do that where at local smaller teams like what i drive for 
you know, you only have one or two motors. So you're being safe on the fueling yeah. side so that you don't burn it up. Cause if you do, you might be done for a month or you might be done for the season. Yeah. And you get and it fixed. So probably more than that. Cause I, when I left the engine shop here in October, I mean, just to get a custom set of pistons made, it was, it was like a six to eight week wait just to get pistons. Yeah, you know, so that's, that's two months, that's too. two months sitting out. If you just need a new piston, it's crazy. Yeah. For, for the, um, Dennis Ganey car in Knoxville last year, I was running it part-time too last year. And, um, we burnt the motor up. I pretty, it was in May and we didn't have it back till almost end of July. Wow. So it took, you know, it was about six weeks that that car was down because that's the only motor he had. So it, it, those are all things that matter when you, it's easier to compete the local level because you're not pushing everything to the limit motor wise as you are right. with the outlaws. Cause you go down that world of outlaw show, a 10th of a second can be 10 spots, you know, 10, 10 qualifying, 10, 10 spots in qualifying, which is your, can be your whole night. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's, it's a pretty special deal to be able to hear this. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's it infamous. scared the I mean, hell out of everybody. <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll make sure yeah, everybody's full like I was joking around, joked around about with people last year is the Friday night show of the Knoxville Nationals and the six car with Gainey's is um, the Friday night program. We were a quick time, but we were the first car out. So I didn't, I said, you don't get quick time when the outlaws are around very often. Then you don't get to hear you don't get to hear that said with your name it it kind of stung a little bit but it's still quick time so you can't can't not be happy no, about that yeah <laughs> yeah and i i guess that one kind of goes into another fan question i had it comes from Stephen hill um what are your plans for the season as far as like some of the crown jewel events like the the knoxville nationals the eldor million just you know what what are kind of your how many of those do you plan on attending um, I'll be at several of them. I'll be at the, um, the million and Kings Royal will be in the Ganey six car for that. I'll run the outlaw shows at Atomic and Lawrenceburg with shoe rooks. And just cause they're smaller tracks and, um, we can be more competitive with that car there. So, and then obviously in Knoxville nationals, I'll be in Dennis Ganey's car out there for that. Cause we're going to run a lot out there. Um, that's kind of our focus with the with the six car this year is Knoxville. We'll bring it out. Um, gonna bring it out for Kokomo, the high limit race in May, oh, yeah. and then um, we'll have it at Eldora for the outlaw shows in May to get some laps, so that we're hopefully ready for the million and the Kings Royal at Eldora. Um, so those are the biggest ones. I'll be in Ohio for a lot of local shows in Southern Ohio with Shoebrooks. Uh, be at a lot of weekly shows at Knoxville. Um, team DGRD number six, just to get ready for that's kind of our to get ready for nationals and um, be prepared for nationals because that, obviously that's our crown jewel. So, right, we want to be as ready as we can be for that. So, um, I guess you'd say Eldora, Knoxville nationals, and then some. Um, Southern Ohio, the out, the two day outlaw show at Atomic, and then Lawrenceburg is always a big, a big weekend for us down there and shooting yeah, and John's car. Weekend, so. correct? Yes, that's, you yeah, got in the May Memorial Day weekend. Yep, yep. So and then, and then I'll pop in and out with a lot of, or not a lot, several all star races and better paying races, 
um, throughout the Midwest. So when you look at it from April till September when harvest starts, there's about 30, 30-ish races I'll be at, but it, um, it seems like every year you're ready for race season to start, and before you know it, it's over. So it, it happens just looking quick, forward man. to it. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to it. Like I said, my 23rd year in sprint cars. Um, just thankful that I've had a lot of great people behind me, car owners, crew members. Uh, my family's always stuck behind me and pushed me to keep doing it because I know I love it, which means a lot to me. So yeah. um, just really looking forward to it. I've got one more fan question that I've gotten, and Dano could ask you any of them that he's got as well. Um, this one comes from Ronnie Werdeman. Um, you've talked about running quite a bit on like the local circuits as far as like Atomic and stuff, uh, running close to home. Um, you run with a lot of local guys, so in your opinion, um, who are or is there somebody specific as far as a driver that stands out and the local series or circuit um, that you feel like hasn't been given, you know, kind of like that opportunity you got to travel and branch out and travel with some of the bigger, uh, you know, like you were talking about the all-stars and the outlaw. Um, is there anybody that stands out that you feel like has the talent that they just haven't got into the right equipment or they don't have the funding to, to give them that next step? Is there somebody that you, you feel like is under the microscope that could advance? Yeah, I don't know. They, necessarily under the microscope, but racing atomic all the time. My number one competitor has been Cole Duncan. I mean, he's a, he's a great yeah. racer and I think he could do great out on the road anywhere. Um, whether he doesn't want to, or I know he started a family and has a job just kind of like me. Um, but I've got to know their family really well over the last several years, racing atomic a lot. And it seems like every night at atomic, atomic, it's either me or him. And Unfortunately, it's been him a lot more than me, but uh, but he he's won a lot. He's won several All Star races. He he's won some bigger races, and he wins at Atomic all the time. And I think if he had the right opportunity out on the road, Outlaws, full time All Star, whatever it be, I think he could be pretty successful. Um, they're great family, and um, just enjoy racing with them. And I I kind of see myself in him even though I'm quite a bit older than him is just that he's get, he's the same has a job. He's, just got the hustle. he's got the hustle. They put the work in for their own family deal and they, uh, for what money they do have and spend on it, they, they do pretty dang well with it. So it's, I think Cole Duncan would be the, the guy that I would say if given the opportunity, the right opportunity could be really successful out on the yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot about Cole. He's uh, I see like I could I try and follow as many results as I can through the year. Uh, I can't make it over to Ohio <laughs> a whole lot. I told John we need to change that, and I need to get over there to watch you guys and hang out some this year. Um, but I try to follow his results and stuff as as he did with mine when we were still racing. And that's that's one of the names that's always up there. So yeah, yeah, he's a he's a he's a good shoe. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm going to get uh, one more fan question here. Uh, it's from Michael Googs. Uh, what would be your dream ride, Brandon? Whether the owner's alive, active, passed away, dream sprint car ride for any owner, any car you could ever be in, or a combination of the two? Uh, I mean, 
I, you got a quite I, a history. I mean, I've been in back it on here in twenty three years. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, it's always there's so much history with our family in the seven TW. I mean, I would love to be able to get that going again and be able to travel with that and just the history behind it. I mean, my awesome. grandfather won all-star championships with Joe Gertie, and then they were on the outlaw tour for whole childhood. And we teamed up with Bob Kramer, another local business guy, and they were on the out, you know, they, one year they had three teams, uh, Jeff Swindell, Joe Gertie, Greg Hodnett. Um, and there's just something about having your own team where you can control being a higher, being a higher driver for so long, you know, there's, you're up to, it's whatever that team or team manager, team owner, they make all the decisions and you run what they want to run where having the experience with the family car, you know, I kind of know what suits me best and what I feel like I get around the track the best in where if I had the family car again, I can make those decisions and put together what I feel like would be the best opportunity for me to succeed. Um, obviously that takes lots of money, but like I said, I've drove for a lot of great car owners. I drove for Rick Burkle, um, the hammer, Randy and Lisa hammer in Ohio, um, the Roth Motorsports out West and, uh, several little teams. I've drove for teams out of Missouri, Wisconsin, um, California, all over. I've been very lucky. It's just when it got, when you look from my experiences, if when you can have your own family deal and you can make your own decisions, it puts confidence behind you because you know, okay, this is what I feel like I need behind me or underneath me to make me feel comfortable and make me go as good as I can. So it would be bring the seven TW family car back and be able to run my own team again. That's that's cool. That's I can dig that. That's special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a special, special thing right there. Like that'd be that'd be great. Well, uh, I'll. I'll I'll go as far as to say that if you ever do that, get a hold of me. Uh, I'll I'll do something to support that because I'm a hundred behind that hundred percent. I love the family cars. I love the cars that that aren't always pretty and have the best graphics and things like that. So I got I got your back, dude. My man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. So well, I mean, do do us some shout outs. You got you got some sponsors and stuff you want to thank where people can find you on social media and stuff. Yeah, just uh, Twitter and Facebook's at Brandon Wimmer, um, so that's easy. Uh, I my sponsors. That's one thing about I've been fortunate about is just having those connections with sponsors that I've been able to keep over the years and take the teams with me. Uh, I've got Butler Bill Seats, Simpson Race Products, obviously. Um, Desiree Burkle has been a huge supporter of mine over my whole career and um, helped keep me safe, helped me keep me in up to date and the newest stuff I can be in that's going to help keep me going over the years like I have um all-star performance lane automotive um they've been huge supporters over the years uh it's just hard to name all of them but uh like I said a lot of the people I drove for has been car owners that put their own hard hard-earned money out there to put the car together so there's just a lot I couldn't, I couldn't ever list all of them. I'd forget somebody if I tried, but um, a lot of great people that have been, been behind me over the years that have helped me um, grow as a race car driver and keep going to where I am today. 
That's awesome, awesome, man. Well, we greatly appreciate you taking the time and coming and hanging out with us and shooting the shit, sharing some stories, and, you know, just kind of seeing what you were up to this year. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's good, and I'm looking forward to the season. And uh, definitely got to make it out. Get with me and make it out to one of the races, either here in Ohio or you can make it up to Kokomo for the high limit race. Yeah, yeah. When is that high limit race? Uh, Beginning of May. I think second or third. Okay. When, when yeah, you I'll go when you go to Knoxville, there. just swing through Terre Haute and pick me up. I'll ride on top of the trailer. <laughs> you don't want okay. to. Well, yeah, it's not the open trailer. You're good. You're good. I don't care <laughs> if it's the open trailer or not. <laughs> that that was the cool thing about the open trailer, though. You get down to the car wash and it's it's an air dry. Right. You, just, you don't even have to unload it off the trailer. You just you unstrap <laughs> it and you just roll it back and forth so you can get the tires yeah. and roll it forward and clean the other side and then strap her back down and go. Money savings, yeah, and time yeah, savings. No, Hell yeah. Again, like I said, I'm John Shoebrooks. I'll be in Ohio with him. And then uh, Dennis and <laughs> Betty Ganey with Team DGRD, the number six car out Knoxville mainly, but I'll be out here in the Midwest. I'm, I'm thankful for them putting me behind their car, and they both had great equipment, so we're, we're looking forward to this season. That's awesome, awesome man. Well, we greatly appreciate it. We'll let you hop off here. I'm sure you guys got to go tuck some kids in, get them all riled up, and get settled in. We all got to work tomorrow, so. <laughs> yep. Yep. You guys have awesome. a good one. Have a good Thanks, week. Thanks, Brandon. Time, man. Let's Look forward to, to seeing you on the track, dude. It's time to get off. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Everybody, make sure you follow the socials. Make sure you follow Brandon. Look for him on your local racetrack, Knoxville Nationals, Eldora. He'll be there. And you should be here next Monday because we got more stuff planned for you. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week. You ain't gotta, you ain't go, gotta home. go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> get out of here, man. Hey, got them lights. Get out of here and go home.